we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for April 29th, 2018. And the next video clip we'll be playing is entitled EMP Director Sounds Alarm, 90% Will Die If We're Not Prepared. Now this is, this is going to further elaborate on the EMP scenario here. Hello America, I'm Mark Levin. This is Life, Liberty, and Levin, and we're here tonight to discuss an issue that I think is of grave importance. What happens if the electrical grid goes down, and is it easy to take it out, and who might take it out, and what can we do to protect it? What you just saw was Mark Levin asking a question that no mainstream media personnel will ask, and that is this. What would happen if an EMP struck America? Should we be concerned about that EMP? And the answer is an astounding yes. As you're gonna see in, in clips of the interview that I'm gonna show you in a moment, uh, he brings on the director of EMP, somebody who studied them for the government, Peter Pry, who is also the executive director of the Task Force on National and Homeland Security, uh, but they go on to detail what are the repercussions that it will be on America in the event of an EMP, and should we be concerned? Now, the, some of the things that they discuss that I'm not going to show you, the first one is the electrical grid here in America and how it's divided into three sections. As you can see on the map, there's a western section, an eastern section, and a Texas section. If parts of these grids are attacked in one section, it can affect another section, uh, and vice versa. They go on to talk about that if a Carrington Hodgson event happened, now that's an event that happened in 1859, I brought this up on my channel multiple times, but if a solar storm were to hit America like it did in 1859, then we could be looking at pretty severe power outages and a grid failure here in America, and that is discussed during that interview. Uh, but he further goes on to tell Mark Levin that, look, these things happen every 150 years. So it's not a question of if it's going to happen and when and where it will affect on the globe. This is why I constantly urge you guys to prepare. But the question that has to be asked here in America is if an EMP were to strike, is there anything that would help bring up our power system? Would we have enough transformers to fix the grid? Well, that answer was directly asked by Mark Levin, who said, where is the status of the transformers? The transformers are what give us power on our grid or uh, break down the main systems in, in the, and give us the ability to bring into our homes and businesses. Well, check out what he had to say. Unfortunately, like so many things, we, we don't make fundamental elements of uh, the electric grid in this country anymore. The transformers aren't manufactured in the United States anymore. We have to import them from South Korea or, or Germany. And if these transformers were destroyed, it would basically end us as a civilization. Do we have uh, an inventory of them, a backup uh, sources for them within our own country? We have a, a small number of, of replacement transformers, less than 1% in, in reserve. 
not my words, but those of Peter Pry, a very important person uh, that studied these things with the government. Now, in conclusion to the entire video, uh, he was asked, you know, what repercussions this would have on America? Should we be concerned? Uh, what is the status? What would we look like if we were hit by either an EMP, an electrical magnetic pulse, or if we were hit by some sort of massive solar storm like the Carrington event of 1859? What would happen to America? Well, here's what he had to say. In fact, there's uh, only a 30-day food supply in the country to feed 320 million people. And water would stop immediately. You know, when you turn on the tap, it requires millions of volts in order to deliver that water through your tap and the commission this is why it's good if you don't have something like this if you have access to a well on your property to have some type of manual device where you can get water from down in your well up to the surface okay they are sold on the internet okay and i've got into this before in previous teachings and they're not there's some of them are halfway affordable. I mean, <clears throat> three, four, five hundred dollars maybe in that range. Uh, I'm sure you could spend a lot more. But remember, if we get hit with an EMP, you don't really want something that's going to be electrically driven because unless you have that insulated, or you unless you have that in an EMP-proof container, potentially it might get fried. So you want something that's more of a manual nature. And there are companies out there right now that do make um, manual wells, uh, well pumps that you can do by hand that are like really more of a temporary type of thing. I mean, <clears throat> but it could be used to save a lot of lives in that particular situation. Now, if your well water is not the greatest quality, you would want to think about ways to purify that once you got it up out of the ground. Uh, you would have to know how deep your well is, obviously, when you order the unit, because if it's too deep, then it's not going to be feasible to use a manual pump. Anyway, you can research that on the internet, and um, you might be able to do a keyword search at contendingfortruth.com, because I know I've talked about that before as well. Couldn't figure out, how, how would we keep uh, 320 million people alive, with no food, no, no water, possibly for years? We estimate that uh, if we had a blackout in this country that lasted one year, and that's entirely possible in these scenarios that we're talking about, we could lose up to 90% of our population. Okay, that is 90%. For some reason it said two years and the other, but uh, depending on the expert you ask, one to two years, 90% of the population would be dead. And again, now we're starting to see how these Deagle predictions of this nefarious, governmentally yoked organization that does all of these prognosticating and predictions for america has said that we're going to get like this you know 90 to 85 percent reduction pop now they're saying it's going to be 70 they've revised their numbers i'm going to go over those at the end of the scenario but it's only america russia and china are going to be sitting pretty it says deagle says it's only america that's going to be crushed between now and 2025 Okay, only America, that's it, because they're the last domino that has to fall before the New World Order can be fully implemented. And I believe that's why that America has to be crushed. Now, this is their plans. I'm not saying God can't intervene. I'm saying this is what they're saying. Not my words. 
Very terrifying words, if you will, but 90% of the population to die in the event that that happens. Again, please make sure you guys are prepared. You heard him talk about food. You heard him talk about water. That's why I use things like My Patriot Supply. Links below. That's why I also have I'm not big on My Patriot Supply. I think you should go with Numana. I think the food quality is a much higher level. Non-GMO. They've got organic options. You want to at least get non-GMO. Bare minimum. If I mean, if, if at all you can afford it, non-GMO at least. Numana, I think, is like one of the best ones out there. Have tangible gold, silver, precious metals on hand. And I partner with Noble Gold Investments and other investors because these are the types of things that we're going to need in the event of something like that or any kind of catastrophe. So please make sure... Another shameless plug there. Uh, if you're going to get into the precious metals, I and I've got a whole file. I've Well, I've got into this before. Just key in silver, gold maybe in the keyword search box. Uh, I tell you ways to buy them where you're not going to be like, I, I don't think you should do it where there's a paper trail and you're buying gold and silver. I, I think that's a real bad idea. I would buy it from either local sellers or a local, uh, like whether they're selling on something like, um, <clears throat> like here, for instance, we have this paper called the Iwana and they, there's people in there, they sell all kind of stuff. You know, you could go up there and buy, there's going to be no paper trail got to worry about as long as you know what you're you're buying as long as you can verify one of the easiest ways to know is just buying junk silver and junk silver um, quarters and dimes uh, meaning 1964 I believe and prior to that um, coins that have no numismatic value meaning there's no like oh wow this coin's worth a lot because of the date and the in the uh, where it was minted and it's rare. No, you don't want to buy those type of coins. Those, those coins aren't going to be worth any more money in a grid down scenario than the next one. I mean, you could have a quarter that's, you know, perfect, nice proof that's worth like $1,000. In a grid down scenario, nobody's going to care about numismatic value. All they're going to care about is the silver content or the gold content of a coin. So I don't think you should mess around with numismatic type of valuable coins. That's, that I would not mess with that. Junk silver, uh, <clears throat> half dollars, silver dollars, quarters, dimes. You're typically, they're, they're going to be 90% silver, so bear that in mind. It's not going to be 100%, but 90%. And you're going to typically pay the least amount of money for those types of coins. And in a grid-down scenario, if you're going into barter, you're going to want things that are of a lower denomination. What if, what if... If all you've got is gold coins, how are you going to buy a loaf of bread with a gold coin? Whereas maybe all you would need is a silver quarter or something like that. Uh, you're not going to be able to break that gold. Now, I know that there's people that even sell gold now where they're these tiny little bars and you can break them up. That's kind of a good idea too. But to have an admixture of gold, silver, if you can afford it, if God's leading you to that, it is a just scale and balance of, of, of monetary denominations the way it was done for centuries you know in that regard i'm not saying we put our trust in it the bible says not to put your trust in gold or silver but it's sure a lot more righteous than this fiat currency they print out of thin air out of nothing and the corrupt banking system that's behind it in the federal reserve okay so those are things to think about uh i think i was going to say something else about the silver 
But with buying these things, I think it's very, very wise to not create a paper trail. You buy from this noble gold or whatever, you're creating a paper trail. They know the what you got and when you got it and where you got it from. I don't think that's wise. There, there are places that you can deal with, like local, potentially, maybe local pawn shops, local coin shops, local people that are selling this stuff. Who, what right does anybody have to know what you're doing with your own hard-earned money you know um just something to think about though regarding all that sure you check out my partners and sponsors below but noble gold investment you're going to want to have that tangible gold but that aside we need to be prepared at all times and the reason that i bring this to you is not to terrify you not to call you call or or, or be labeled a fear monger myself people are going to call me that no matter what and all love to you guys, but it is what it is. And it's not a question of if, but when and where, and a matter of time. And that's the things that we are being warned about, not by an average Joe like me, but by people and government leaders in, in organizations. And the mainstream media, for the most part, tries to slip it under the rug, but not this time. At least it's being addressed on a minor, minor level. And I like Mark Levin. I think he is an amazing man. So I have that interview in its full below in the links if you want to check that out. That said, North Korea is a risk for us on this. And this is not according to me, but according to Bloomberg. Check out this report. Uh, it was put out by Bloomberg. April 28th of this year, North Korea's secret weapon, a huge electromagnetic storm. Now, you have to remember that even though there's good talks of Kim Jong-un and the Trump, uh, him giving up his nuclear weapons is highly unlikely. Uh, but the report goes on to say, we also need to consider North Korea's ability to, to deploy one or two nuclear weapons at an altitude over the continental U.S., in order to create a devastating burst of energy called an EMP pulse, or electromagnetic pulse. While the science of EMP is not fully settled... Okay, now, just so you know, North Korea has, I believe, two satellites that go over America once or twice a day. And if those satellites were equipped with an EMP nuke, they could detonate that over a large area and take out a large area of the grid. Please keep that in mind also largely because it is impossible to test on a grand scale there is plenty of credible evidence that they constitute a real threat especially in the context of north korea it goes on the short burst of vastly powerful electro and magnetic shocks involved in an emp could potentially devastate everything from your phone to the entire united states power grid imagine thousands of lightning strike hitting every home business in america devastation unlike we ever have seen before now again they say all the studies on the effects of emp aren't a hundred percent conclusive but because they're hard to tell but either way these are the things that they predict are very possible and highly possibilities of what they can do in america basing that off of some of the stuff that happened in 1859 with the carrington event now that said the obama administration and there's some people that have even <clears throat> hardened their vehicles like i think Oh, you buy a vehicle prior to 19... Uh, there, there's a lot of conjecture on this. Some say it depends on the make and model of the vehicle, 1983, going back to 1978. You'd have to do your research on it. You could just go up on YouTube and research uh, <clears throat> EMP-proof vehicles, recommendations, things of this nature. 
where, you know, if you had one, if you had an EMP-proof vehicle, you'd be one of the only ones around that did have that from a civilian standpoint. ...did nothing to help our power grid. Absolutely nothing. But the good news here is Donald Trump is. Check out this report from December of last year. This is from the Examiner, Washington Examiner. Trump is the first president to protect the electric grid from EMP cyber attacks. The great news is we have a president... All the previous presidents have done nothing by design on purpose to leave our grid antiquated and totally open to these types of events. ...who is aware of what is going on and is taking precautions. The other thing that we must remember... And again, you've heard me go after Trump in my previous studies probably in the last six weeks like nothing I've ever done before. I've went after him, but I have always said I will give him credit where credit's due and I will go after him when, you know, he's going off the rails or whatever. So I'm, I'm trying to stay true to what I've said from the beginning about Trump. Is that they are doing main and massive drills all across the country to prepare for a power outage, to prepare for an EMP attack, to prepare for a grid failure due to a solar storm or a solar flare uh, or a, a, a anything of that nature. FEMA has also written a document and prepared for the first time in a very long time, uh, although their report ends after a year. They really have no... Uh, where to go after that year is over. I've read the report in, in their full, and they stop at a year and say basically it will take four to ten years to fix a massively devastated grid, meaning we need to produce more transformers. We need to make transformers. These are ways that we can prevent against it now is to up the transformers that we have at our local level. So something to encourage your senators and congressmen to do. Anyhow. Absolutely. So that's all we have for that report. Now, Let's go back to this, I kind of put this within the body of this one particular uh, theme or article that we were talking about. So I'm going to go back to this and <clears throat> Dave Hodges says, I previously received information on foreign broadcasts going out over the air late at night in which it appeared that foreign troop movements were being broadcast or directed on our airwaves in America at night. The last one was from the Sacramento area, and the broadcast was in Chinese, which they have a gigantic presence there. I purposely held this information close to the vest because I was certain these events had national security implications, and I turned the information over to trusted sources. I turned the information over to some of my best sources. These sources have confirmed for me that these broadcasts are coded updates designed for troops in the field and foreign operatives embedded in public utilities. Remember what that one guy said in the letter earlier? How they've got these Middle Eastern guys being embedded in their public utilities? Oh, I wonder why they would do that. Because they're going to be the saboteurs when literally as a fifth column purposely implanted in our utility grid, in, in our grid structures, when that goes, they're going to be assassins, um, saboteurs, the whole nine yards, purposely embedded there to, just like the Russian troops are, like, you know, working in Gatlinburg and other places around the country to get to know whatever, you know, whatever their um, assignment is to get to know that inside and out. And this is being done probably all around America. I mean, this is... I mean, treasonous doesn't even describe it. So, let me get back to where I was at here. They are embedded in public utilities and other governmental entities. 
these foreign troops. Yes, I'm speaking about sleeper agents and sleeper cells. I will not reveal the contents of the two previous reports because it could compromise a source. Uh, however, there is another report of the same phenomenon in Central Oregon. This was from a guy in Central Oregon, and he said, Dave, tonight my family was discussing a radio station here in Central Oregon that seems to have been taken over by German, Russian, and Chinese. They took me, which are like the three main troops that are on our soil, according to my reports. They took me out to their car and had me listen to the station, meaning that's where they had the radio set up, is in their car, obviously. It was a popular 80s station. It was. <laughs> they turned it on and it sounded exactly like code in a foreign language. My son picked up some of the numbers in German. Then, a few minutes later, it changed to Chinese. I mean, this is so obvious and flagrant what they're rehearsing for. Their fifth column embedded Chinese, German, and Russian troops that are beta testing these things to, number one, see what kind of public outcry and outrage will be over this. And to see how dumbed down the American populace is. In other words, if there's no public outcry, they're like, okay, well, we're, we're ready for this takeover, essentially. Or at least it would be one criteria they would... And, and, you know, they're testing all this out on, literally on, I guess a, I'm assuming it was a uh, FM station. Yeah, it's an FM station. My son picked up some of the numbers in German. Then a few minutes later, it changed to Chinese. It was 93.7 FM in Central Oregon. I was shocked at what I heard. It sounded like when the French Resistance was getting the code out to the Allies in old World War II movies. It really scared me. This is not going out 27, but just occasionally. My phone number is, and he gives him his phone number, and I am such and such, and I live in P Prineville, Oregon. Obviously, they redacted his name and his number. This is the third report, and this is Dave Hodges. This is the re third report of this type that I've received since January of 2018. Now, let's move on to this. Russians in Colorado. I've spent years detailing foreign troop presence, mostly Russians, in northern Colorado and southern Wyoming. Yesterday, I published a set of studied photos from Aurora, Colorado, a suburb of Denver, which were of UN EMP-proof communications equipment. We've already covered that. The implications are clear. The UN proxies have made a deliberate decision to initiate a coup. Today, I've come across information that speaks to the growing and reclusive Russian community that is growing in Denver. They have even have their own publications, which was sent to me by a reader. Over the past year, I have spoken to members of the Denver Police Department, and they fear these people. Their feeling is that these people go beyond the prototypical Russian mafia. The officers I spoke with say that they look and act like military units. They are. Here are the Russian publications localized to Denver. And he gives two links here for Denver of Russian publications. And it's all in their language. It's you know I can't really read it. But it's one of the places, and I don't know if this is a magazine they produce, is based out of 15413 East Hamden, avenue aurora colorado and there's a link to there to this website there's several links and here's one of the publications you can look at one of the covers of one of their magazines publications from gorozont colorado and it, they've got their own ways of communicating with their people in their language there's such a huge presence that they've actually they're actually doing this so speaking of denver was this the coming moment foretold on the mural at the Denver International Airport near baggage pickup, which they took down now? 
I have reported many times that Denver International Airport is the creation of the New World Order. In fact, in the airport, they even have a plaque to the effect that aired on Jesse Ventura's former show, Conspiracy Theory. Over the years, I have learned that an entire city exists below the Denver International Airport. The city goes as deep as two miles. And then remember, this is going to be the headquarters. This is going to be the new capital for the New World Order once they nuke Washington, D.C., Remember, it's, we're going to go from the old world order, which is Washington, D.C., into the new world order, which is going to be Denver. And in specifically, Denver International Airport. Underneath that airport, it goes two miles. Um, the city goes as deep as two miles, and the railways connect the area to several key points across the country. They've got this whole underground un, uh, mag lever train system that goes all over the country, underground. I've reported on this all. Just key in underground military base or dumbs deep underground military bases d-u-m-b apostrophe s can dumbs in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com where i've talked about this anyway they these railways connect the area to several key points across the country including norad and colorado springs here is a recent account of the mysterious denver international airport from someone who had who has been there Hello, Dave. I have a first-hand story about the Denver International Airport. I was working at the time at Squaw Peak Water Treatment Plant. Um, <clears throat> we were undergoing a retrofit upgrade of our water treatment plant and filtration system. The company, Sundant EBY, had won the $40 million bid. They put up their trailers as they were on our 80-acre plant for several years. Their operators naturally had to mingle with our workers, and we got to know them pretty well. This took place around 1991 to 1994. So this is, this is a ways back here. This goes to show you how long they've been planning this. The true story is one morning some of their fellows I had gotten to know began telling me this story. They had previous to their current job at Squaw Peak been working at the Denver International Airport. Now remember, this was like, you know, uh, like 25 years ago. In 91 through 94, around there, they but they've been working there at Denver International Airport. They told me how far outside the city it was and the reason why. They basically told me that it was a decoy, that it had four levels, evidently underground, and semi-trucks could be driven through the underground levels of, of Denver International Airport. They said that the workers were told not to discuss what they saw or witnessed and that there was an aura of evil in the air there yeah there is there's that weird freaky statue out in front of the denver international airport of that horse that supposedly like killed the sculptor of it or whatever that demon horse there's the creepy murals in the in the basement in your baggage claim with the gargoyles coming out of the out of the suitcases and stuff of course i guess they've i don't know if they've taken down all the murals now maybe they left the gargoyles behind who knows um they've got that weird new world order plaque freemasonic new world order plaque there all this weird stuff going on in, in this evil evil airport anyway they said the workers would let go would be let go and sent to another job site when they had completed a project so that they would not be able to put the puzzle pieces together this is called compartmentalization which is classic deep state governmental stuff that they do uh so they wouldn't be able to grasp the big picture they told me i believe it was the lower level number four as best i can recollect that had gas hookups I don't mean gas you put in your car. I'm talking gas. 
like the gas chambers at Auschwitz, think of that, where they could take a semi-load full of people and back up to the gas hookups and adios, they'd be dumped into another section. So they would gas you while they detained you, while you were detained in a semi, they would gas you, you'd all be dead, and then they could take you to another part of the Denver International Airport underneath there where they would dump you all your bodies into another section then no problem you never find the bodies or whatever there's probably a big incinerator in there or something these fellows were christians and we had gotten to know each other pretty well they were scared to even speak of the things that they saw i i remember still that i got chills at that time everything is very masonic freemasonic very diabolical very evil anyway thought you might want to know these things are true uh in conclusion I interviewed Paul Martin, and the interview will be posted on Common Sense Show's website. It might be the one that I already played. Paul names his names of high-level... Oh, no, this is another one he did. Paul names his names of high-level sources that allege that the Chinese have been flooding in... Now it's Huntsville, Alabama, for the past few years. Additionally, I have received more photos of UN EMP-proof communication equipment located now in Austin, Texas, which is like kind of like the New World Order headquarters of Texas. People can bury their heads in the sand, however. All this adds up to the unmistakable conclusion that we are being invaded and most Americans are too blind to see what is happening. I will remain and will remain so until it's too late. Look at the Deagle report that I published in the last article in which it clearly stated that the Americans will soon be no more than... Uh, stated that America will soon be no more and that 90% of us will be left for dead. Well, the Deagle's revised their reports and now they're saying 70 uh, whatever you know um so we have that now i might have reported on this before but i couldn't find it if i did and i felt like the lord convicted me just to touch on this and this relates to what we're talking about but it's different information and this is from mary joyce the editor of sky ships over cashers which I've read her book on the secret underground military bases in North Carolina. I've read it online. I basically read the whole booklet online um, after I had went through it and, and you know edited out the pertinent stuff. Uh, she's got a website, Skyship Over Cashers, which is mostly North Carolina oriented, but there's a lot of stuff it gets into there that's all over the country. Um, it's a cool site to check, kind of check periodically. On, on UFOs, on now she's not a Christian, but still there's a lot of stuff you can glean from there. And this came from her website, and it's called Huge Secret UN Facility Beneath Mount Mitchell in North Carolina. Now Mount Mitchell is, it's basically due north of Black Mountain, North Carolina, which is right on I-40, which is basically, I don't know, 20 miles around, 15, 20 miles to the east of Asheville on I-40, Mount Mitchell's basically due north of Black Mountain on I-40. I don't know, 10, 15, 20 miles, I'm, I'm guesstimating. There's a map here that you can look at that we can kind of get into that a little bit more. The source of the following information is Hawk. Now, I don't think this is the same Hawk that's on Steve Quayle, another guy named Hawk who retired from the medical field several years ago. Before that, he served as a combat medic during the Vietnam War. 
not ready to completely retire. He contacted the North Carolina, and maybe it is the same one. I, I don't think so, but maybe it is. Not ready to completely retire. He contacted the North Carolina National Guard to volunteer uh, at its medical wing. He had he was accepted, but his first assignment had nothing to do with medicine. With his clearance from the FBI and Army Intelligence, he was given undercover surveillance assignments. His first report is about an ISIS training camp in North Carolina, and it follows this report. Now, I've already reported on this. On the, on This is part of what I read before. Now, the two teachings where I covered this were my End Time Current Event teaching part 2 and 3 from 723 of 17. Okay, so not quite a year ago, you know, about nine months ago. And the table of contents of those two, so I can refresh you on this. Um, for part two was underground U.S., Russian, Chinese military operations from 2016 to 2017. The next one was long trains of military vehicles seen all over the USA. Next one, backroom interview about underground bases. Then newly exposed underground facility near Tennessee, North Carolina border. Then North Carolina secret survival territory for the elite. I believe that's where I got into Lake Lure and all the stuff that's going on there. Uh, and then the next one was helicopters disappear into and around a mountain in North Carolina. Then in part three of that same teaching, the table of contents were reports of low-flying Chinooks over Dillsborough and NC, and then power plant may supply secret underground facilities, and then secret military bases use what they call people repellent, meaning you can get near some of these facilities and you'll start to feel really weird and wigged out, and it's like, I just got to get away from this facility. I don't like what I'm feeling. It's some kind of weird electromagnetic thing they're doing to you. Now, I do believe that, you know, God can compensate for that, but, you know, this is something that you've really got to be led to do if, if you're ever called to get near these things. Even if you're, like, halfway near it, just to pray against it, you know? doesn't mean you got to be on the base in order to pray against it. Uh, and then man tells secrets to the White Patterson Air Force Base and then travel channel to focus on North Carolina's secret facility, but that show never happened from the travel channel. That was scrapped and... I've went and rechecked it, and, and that's something that, that never came back on online. So, our second interview with Hawk on April on May eighth, two thousand fifteen, was at a new location. This is going back to the main report here from Skyship Over Cashers. He had more information to reveal, information he felt the American public needed to know. The American people are going to be in for a rude awakening unless they wake up now and prepare. He said with grave concern. Then he began to tell us about one of his surveillance missions in the fall of 2014. It was during that mission that he saw with his own eyes that Mount Mitchell, which is this mountain that is, I'm looking at a plaque there from Mount Mitchell, highest peak east of the Mississippi River, elevation 6,684 feet. And it, it's, I guess it's at the peak of this Mount Mitchell. I've never been there before. Uh, but it's, it's not that far away from me, that's for sure. Uh, anyway, it was during that mission that he saw with his own eyes that Mount Mitchell is under the military control of the United Nations. This is just one of the many mountains, one of the many underground bases that are already under control of the UN. And this has to, everything to do with all these foreign troops going in and out, going into these jobs where they're learning the ways of the Americans, getting acclimated to whatever their assignments are going to be when things go hot. And they've been planning this for decades. So this isn't just something that happened last weekend. Um, 
so Mount Mitchell is under the military control of the United Nations, just as his intelligence had revealed to him. I was chosen as a commander of squad troops to get the surveillance positions within half a mile of Mount Mitchell for a period of days to observe people and vehicles going in and out of the area. So evidently he was commissioned by um, FBI and Army Intelligence. He was given undercover surveillance assignments. Now one of them he went and he scoped out this ISIS training camp that all the local law enforcement officers knew. And I believe that was the one that was like near Asheville. But they were said, it's off limits, we know about it, we know it's evil, ISIS is training there, on our soil, Muslim terrorists, they, they, they bring in different people every week, other people leave, they're all being trained, they're these sleeper cells that are being trained to go hot, this has been going on for decades, the local government knows about them, but they're, set, they're told to stand out, don't do anything about it, because they're here to, our, they're our buddies, and they're our friends, and, and they want to just do good things to us. And this is going on on our soil. And that's probably the least of what's going on. Um, so he was. He said that I was chosen as a commander of this squad of troops to get into surveillance positions within a half a mile of Mount Mitchell for a period of days to observe people and vehicles going in and out of that area. He began. There were no real roads to get to our intended location, he said. We drove over old logging roads and through ditches. We finally, When we finally got there, we camouflaged our vehicle. In other words, I think they went a different roundabout much harder way to get to mount mitchell they didn't just drive up to the whatever that would have been way too obvious this was covert surveillance so we drove over old logging roads through ditches we got we finally got there we camouflaged our vehicles then we started hiking it took approximately four hours by the time i dropped off the final guy at his predestined destined outpost point using military compass and a handheld gps so evidently they had specific coordinates they were told to go to to observe from uh, so, what this tells me is that it's not like all of our whole government is yoked up with them and they know exactly what's going on or whatever. There's probably good factions of our government that want to know that are they're trying to do covert surveillance on these areas so that they have a heads up of what's coming. And I'm hoping that's the case. He goes on to say, our man assigned to be the primary lead on security observations saw the blue hats, meaning the guys from the UN... Um, United Nations soldiers, the blue, they wear those light blue helmets, okay? The primary lead on our security that he had dropped off saw blue hats carrying what appeared to be huge solid frame backpacks. He saw them come out of a building on the rear side of Mount Mitchell and said they appeared to struggle a bit under the weight of the packs. A lead man accompanied each man, each man who was carrying a backpack. After hiking, one behind the other for a distance they split up into two four-man teams luckily i had enough squad members to follow each team the blue hats dispersed down the east and north and south and west side of mount mitchell but not in straight lines they zigzagged back and forth soon each lead man pulled out a folding military shovel and dug a hole about six feet off the game trails they were following then a sensory device from the backpacks was buried in a hole that was about a foot deep the sensors were placed every 100 meters. Each team must have planted 50 of them. This was, they must have been heavy, and there's 50 of them per backpack or whatever, so that's why they were struggling under the weight. They were highly technical sensors that would detect anybody walking in the forest. So in other words, they've got these whole areas around these mountains that they have these deep underground bases with sensors 
all over the place to detect you and that's just the sensors to detect you walking they've probably got all other kind of like cameras and audio and all kind of other stuff set up now you know it's one of those things where it's just good to be aware of 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 this type of technology that they're implementing so uh some associates observers down along the railroad tracks in marion relayed to us that they saw between 20 and 25 tanks being offloaded from a train in the dead of night onto tractor trailers um tanks okay military tanks in the dead of night on tractor trailers on an adjacent road hawks said later our team observed the tractor trailers starting to drive up the road to mount mitchell which is highway 128 our squad did not stay to observe the unloading of the tanks but another team that also was on the north side watched the two highways that go down to mount mitchell and reported that no tractor trailers came down so what that means is that the tanks were offloaded at mount mitchell when we asked hawk what kind of tanks he said that they were a lighter green than most u.s conventional tanks it was a primer green meaning the tanks were most likely be repainted at the underground facilities now here's a map of this area and um you know to me i don't know it looks like that probably mount mitchell is probably about 15 20 miles due north of the black mountain area right off of i-40 due north of i-40 basically 15 to 20 miles that area um anyway we the red marker points to mount mitchell so there's a little map here there's a red marker on the town of marion is southeast of the mountain so and it's just a perspective map for that we know there are facilities in the back side of the mountain hawk said they go approximately 20 stories underground well i mean that's what they think it does i mean maybe it goes a lot deeper some of the doors are absolutely huge they're camouflage doors they look like they're part of the mountainside now this is where a lot of our black budget oh we can't find 20 20 trillion dollars the pentagon says in missing funds oh you know you got to pay every bit of your money to the satanic evil irs that basically that money is going to fund your destruction but the pentagon can lose 20 trillion dollars in our taxpayer money and they don't have to account to anybody well this is where it's going again funding our own destruction so um the doors are absolutely huge they're camouflage doors that look like they're part of the mountainside it's unbelievable how hidden they are and absolutely unbelievable then hawk looked intently at us and asked quote why do you think they have tanks there why do you think the united states government sold or gave mount, M mount mitchell to the united nations because these sites are all quote world heritage sites just like gatlinburg you can go right up on that that little space needle thing they got there in the sit in the center of gatlinburg i took taylor up there with me and look at the whole plaque of how it's a world heritage site and it's united nations own basically controls this whole area and you know like it's some wonderful thing these are this is basically the case for almost all the major national parks across america where there's huge swaths now you can't even go into or access but they're supposedly a national park and all kind of people turn up missing at these national parks and there's all these foreign troop movements that people see when they go to areas where they shouldn't and they're threatened under penalty of death with russian guys with machine guns and stuff which i've reported on this over and over um 
why do you think so many of us within the United States government are putting our lives on the line to protect this country from outside control? So there, there, is, there are good factions within our government that know about this, and this is why they're sending in, you know, so that pray for them. Pray for the good factions of our government, that they would prosper, and that the wicked factions would not prosper, and that God would hedge their way up with thorns, and that he would have the heathen in derision, and that, you know, every bit of their wicked efforts, nothing would come of it. And that they would, and that the righteous would be hidden from these devils. Um, all right, let's go forward here. Projections for who wins World War III. Deagle, which I've reported on many times, is a CIA front research group that is projecting that America will not only lose World War III, but will lose it badly. Now remember, this is what they're saying. I'm not here to be Johnny Raincloud. I'm saying this is what they're projecting, and the big reason they're projecting this is because they know these Russian and these Chinese troops are already in the soil. They know the plans they have for America. All the things that I've talked about. And this is why these projections, they're coming out, and basically the Illuminati has to telegraph their punches to us ahead of time before they implement what they're doing. It's a Kabbalistic principle uh, that Satan has to follow. So this is why I believe they've released these statistics. The country will be decimated and our enemies will actually prosper from this defeat. Here is the projected data. Now remember, this is, this is just from Dave Hodges. It's pure doom and gloom. We're all going to die and we're going to die now, basically. Because God doesn't exist. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's basically the, when, when, you know, whenever he does a report, it's, it's like, I really think he has to, to get a hold of himself to start to interject God back into the equation. Because so much of the time, it's just, we're going to die. So... Kiss your honey goodbye. It's all over. You know, you know, the Titanic's sinking. God doesn't exist. I mean, that's I'm not saying he believes God doesn't exist, but man, there's no there's very little counterbalancing of this. And it aggravates me to listen to him when I believe he's got really good information, but it comes from such a defeatist attitude. And he's just putting out information without counterbalancing it with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and what he's, he's the one that created the universe. Okay, you can't top that. They're, these these people are nothing in front of God. Nothing. They're like little gnats. Okay, God's perfectly capable of intervening on behalf of the remnant and the body of Christ and those that will be saved, who God knows about, because he knows the beginning from the end. So I, I just think it's, po we need to maintain a positive attitude no matter what. Does that mean that no Christians are going to be killed? No, I'm not saying that either. Okay, but I just want to have a balance here. Uh, the country will be decimated and we'll all die and it's going to be great. Uh, here is the projected data. But first, here is the list of Deagle partners, leaving little doubt as to their CIA affiliation. Here's a partial list of Deagle partners. National Security Agency, or NSA. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization, or NATO. I mean, we're talking just Satan. Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. He gives all of their websites. The OSCE, the Russian Defense Procurement Agency. Stratfor, who is also very wicked. The World Bank and the United Nations, the UN. These are who is teamed up with Deagle. So when you think of Deagle, think of Satan. This is what Satan is projecting between now and 2025 for America. Changes in population for the U.S., China, and Russia from the year 2016 to 2025. United States, change in population. Now, 
I went to the updated population and they've revised these statistics. It was it was 90% reduction last year. Now they're saying it's going to be a 70% reduction. They're saying the population will be lowered from um, 327 million in 2017 to 100 million in 2025. But what if, what if those projections are because they're going to let the Chinese and the Russia Russians really come in to lay claim to their prize, to their booty, as like the pirates would say. And that's why the population has went from a 90% reduction to a 70% reduction. Now, I know that's even more doom and gloom, the scenario I just painted, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a big change in their satanic predictions. Okay, now remember, Satan's predicted a lot of stuff in the stuff in the past they said 1984 was going to be a reality the book george orwell 1984 well that didn't happen so take that with a grain of salt anyway so they're predicting now 70 percent reduction between now and 2025 what is china's population predicted to do a one percent reduction between uh 2016 and 2025 what's russia no real change in population. So we're going to have this massive, massive reduction in population. The last domino that needs to fall, the United States, it's no accident. And, they're, and, and again, this is all what they're predicting by design on purpose. And we seem to be the only country where we're going to have this massive population reduction. What, is, what, are, they, what are they predicting for the GDP? The gross domestic product in trillions of dollars. Okay. In 2017, the GDP in America was 19 trillion. That's last year. They're projecting in 2025 it will be 2.4 trillion, which is a 88 plus percent reduction in GDP, gross domestic product. So we're going from the middle class would go from middle class, upper middle class, whatever they're, they're at, to slave class. When you have an 88 plus percent reduction in GDP, that's what it's signifying. Okay, So not only are they predicting a massive reduction in population, but also a massive reduction in standard of living. Massive. China, will, what are their predictions? Well, between 2016 to 2025... They're predicting a 34% increase in GDP. While for America, they're predicting an 88 plus percent reduction in GDP. You see any, like, you know, discrepancies here? Wow, I mean, that, that, that sounds fair. I mean, that sounds great. Russia, oh, they fare much better. They're predicting between 2016 and 2025, a 211% increase in GDP. 211 for Russia. Boy, they're going to really come out smelling like a rose. I mean, so there was numerous reports I've heard, I've reported on this, where like Russians would go into like, let's say they would go into a gun shop or something. And they'd be talking in Russian and stuff. And there was a guy, like an American there, that knew how to speak Russian. And what would they typically be talking about? They would be pining over all the 
over all the guns and all the goods that Americans have. And, and the one comrade would tell the other comrade, don't worry, comrade, soon enough this will all be yours. And, and we will drink vodka and celebrate, you know, when we kill the, the unwashed dog masses of America. You know, that kind of stuff. That's been overheard on numerous occasions. And that's what they're being told. That's what they're being promised. And Russia's really going to come out smelling like a rose, it looks like here. So, again, how couldn't Putin be in, in, on, in on all of this? Come on. So, something to think about. And then, okay, what are the changes in military spending that Deagle is predicting? Okay. Uh, well, between 2017 and 2025, in 2017, they spent they spent 637 billion in military spending. Now, I don't even believe that's remotely ac accurate when you have the, the Pentagon losing 300 or 30 trillion or whatever it was. Who knows what the real numbers are if you can consider black budget stuff. But what they're openly admitting to for Russia for America was a 33 oh, I'm sorry, 637 billion in 2017 spent on military. Okay? In 2025 it's only $32 billion. That is a 95% reduction in military spending. Because we will be gelded, according to their, their statistics. Our military will be gone. It'll just be, basically, any military will just be UN peacekeepers amalgamating into the UN peacekeeper. So why would we need to have a military? On, on, on military spending for our own country. China, on the other hand, will uh, have a... 32% increase in military spending from 2016 to 2025. And Russia, which again turns out to be the real top dog, is going to have a 143% increase in military spending between 2016 and 2025. So Russia and China really appear to be the ones that are going to, really going to be reaping the main benefits here. And with Russia sounding like they're really going to be the ones that are coming out on top so in conclusion according to these predictions the u.s economy is to be destroyed our military is to be dismantled and we are dead broke at the end and most of us will all be dead so thank you thank you dave for your wonderful hopeful uplifting fun i think fun is the operative word here uh, assessment of everything it all starts in California with the Cal exit and in Colorado. People of Colorado, America, prepare to defend yourself. Prior to taking over Colorado and establishing the new capital, the UN will have to eliminate all resistance. So that's all I have for today. I, I, I could, yes, I've got enough information to keep going and keep going, but um, I'm just going to stop there today. And um, I have a whole other study prepared for next weekend that I will do where hopefully we'll be getting into some different subjects, but it just depends on what might break this week that forces me to push all the other pre-prepared stuff I have back, you know, um, but that's all I have for today. So I'll go ahead and end this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly father, we do thank you for this day, this time you've given us Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that we take this information and do with it, God, whatever you would have us do. And, and with, whether it's prepare, whether it's inform others, uh, whether it's pray fast, whatever it might be, 
I pray that all this wickedness that we have exposed today, I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, if it be your will, that it would not prosper, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive, and that the um, brainwashed masses of Americans would, would come out of the slumber, God, if it be possible, and ultimately, Lord God, get saved, but get prepared, Lord, and start informing others, and, and that your priorities would be our priorities, and that you know, you'd help us, Lord God, toward that. I pray, Lord God, that you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, and that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.